You're listening to the Bookkeepers Podcast with the 6FB, sponsored by Centre by Iris, the weekly podcast for bookkeepers. Every week, we'll be talking about what's new in the bookkeeping world. Here are your hosts and founders of the six-figure bookkeeper, Joe Wood and Zoe Whitman. Hi, and welcome to the Bookkeepers Podcast. I'm Zoe Whitman. I'm here with Joe Wood, and we're here today with Darren Glanville from Fathom. Thank you so much, Darren, for joining us today. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, and thank you very very much to the both of you for uh, inviting us on to join your podcast this morning. Oh, we're really excited to talk to you. How are you, Joe? It's been a long time since we did a podcast. It's been a very long time. I mean, look at us taking some time off. Well, who do we think we are? But we do need to practice what we preach and it's all about balance. And so, yes, it has been a long time since we've done a podcast. It's so nice to be back. So nice. Well, um, Darren, do you want to start by telling us a little bit about what you do at Fathom and what Fathom does? So, for anyone who doesn't uh, hasn't heard of Fathom before, yeah, sure. Um, so, so Fathom um, is a, a company that's been around since 2012. We've just literally celebrated our tenth kind of year in business. Um, headquartered in Brisbane, Australia, uh, but with offices globally uh, in Seattle and, of course, in the UK. Uh, my role in the UK is country manager, so I head up the UK team, which is predominantly Predominantly account management, sales and support um, for our partners here. Um, What Fathom does, uh, essentially, what is our purpose? Our purpose is is to bring clarity and confidence to all the owners of small businesses who really don't understand their numbers or maybe find it debilitating, um, either directly or through, through our partner network of accountants and bookkeepers. That's essentially what we do. So we take all of that general ledger information, translate it into beautifully simple visuals, that anyone can understand. Um, but also with the release of our kind of micro forecasting and business roadmap, we're giving advisors, bookkeepers, the ability to have deeper conversations with their clients. More around giving them the ability to, to see into the future a little bit by looking at the options that they have. And I think that's what business owners want ultimately is options. How do I look forward you know, we've had the last two years, it's been tough. How do I kind of step forward from that into planning my business forward? How does it allow me to have the, the biggest impact? And I think that's the theme that we're seeing through a lot of our conversations right now is how impactful we can make our partners, accountants and bookkeepers. Yeah, absolutely. And I am one of your partners and um, I do have the the joy of sharing the Fathom reports with my clients and as many people might know that who are listening, that my clients are very much not from a financial background. I, I service beauty, salon owners, hairdressers, etc. Yeah. And um, and I needed to find something to enable us to have that conversation without freaking them out, yeah. <laughs> without yeah. them running for the hills and saying, this is way too, this is way too in depth. This is, I don't understand this. And, and Fathom's really helped us do that because it's, very pretty. I can, I love, I'm able to brand it and I can make the colors and I'm able to put their logo on the front of yeah. the report straight away, which is really nice for them straight away. They're like, oh, I, this is mine. I'm, I take ownership of that. And um, it's, it has really helped us to move our business forward to move more into advisory. So I think the starting point is that if you can help us explain what is advisory, what are advisory services? I think that's one of those um, $64,000 questions. Um, I actually, uh, speaking quite frankly, I hate the term. I think it's 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 very broad uh, brush. I think it encapsulates so much that accountants and bookkeepers can offer specifically. Um, if we if we look at it in a, in a holistic sense, advisory to me is anything that's non-compliance. 
It's not the day-to-day -day bookkeeping, um, keeping your bank feeds up to date. That's that's a compliance-based service that you're, you're amazing at, at providing. And when you look at one end of the spectrum, you've got mergers and acquisitions, you've got corporate finance, you've got the big, heavy technical detail tax planning. But at the other end, I suppose, you know, after the last two years, you could argue that many of you, Joe and Zoe yourself, you sat there at night just listening to your customers crying, desperate, wanting to know what does the latest government announcement mean for them? Is that not advisory at one end of the spectrum through to the other? So I, I think it's broad brush. In terms, what are the things that people generally see when we talk about advisory? One is management reporting, you know, having a much more in-depth in, in management report as opposed to a set of accounts at the end of a year. Um, we see a lot more people now looking at KPIs, and we can start unpicking some of these for your for your, your listeners soon. Um, we have budgets and forecasts, and people staying on top of cash flow because that's the stuff that definitely helps them day to day. But under, just even under, you know, them understanding what the impact of reducing their debtor days could be, and that impact. Could be. So there's so much that we can provide. I think whilst it's it's lovely to that you're a partner. Joe, and that you're, you're seeing so much benefit from the reports. What we actually see is that clients, when you strip it back, they're not paying for the report. The report is the output. What they're paying for is your advice, your insight, your knowledge, your wisdom, how you can come up with an action plan for them to get what they want. And I think that's where people fall down is that people see reports as the end goal and it's not, it's the advice and everything else that comes with it. Absolutely. Exactly that. It's the starting point. And, and so what, what we tend to do is we have the report and then I create a video talking through the report um, and having and starting off that conversation with my ideas that the report, what it's telling me, how what I'm reading into things. Um, and I do that as a one way conversation because I want them to learn and understand um, yeah. and take in at first. What's what's that saying? What does that mean? What's you know, what's operating profit? What's net profit? What's this? What's that? And start just so that they can be in the comfort of their own home, mm. away from staff and just listen to me because I think everyone learns differently. So sometimes people, someone might pick up one of these reports, be able to read it and understand it 100% themselves and interpret it. And But the majority don't. So yeah. for me to talk through it and share my ideas and things. And then we have a meeting afterwards. Yeah. To, for the, so once they've digested it, understand it, they come then with a few questions and then we we tackle things together and then we go through a cash flow forecast as well. So I think it is a case of it's a great starting point to kind of be that it collates everything. And what we really like doing and what Fathom allows us to do is that individually people will say to us, like the other day we was in a meeting and um, the, the lady running, she went, I need to know just my team costs. Um, because she had she and she went and I just I just need to see that every month and then what we've done we've created for her a one sheet she just wants now the one sheet has gone on to two sheets because she keeps asking for different things but we still call it the one sheet but for her she didn't want the standard reporting she I just want this one piece of paper that I can look at and it gives it everything I want and it's great because we can create whatever someone wants and because the everything's coming from what we're creating our bookkeeping software and being populated in there once we've created and designed it once it's there ready to kind of generate time and time again with all of these new and, and it's a it's a fluid change ever-changing document it's never yeah. finished and it's yeah. and it's great so um it's but for bookkeepers 
and accountants starting to think about advisory, I think you're right. It really does start with just being there to listen and answer some questions, navigate and listen to what Rishi's saying or whoever's saying about whatever, um, you know, um, budgets and, you know, MTD, just chatting about it at first and understanding what the client's worrying about and helping them to get through it. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. When I was in practice, um, one of the things I used to love was sitting down with people and just, you know, uncovering what's going on, what's keeping them awake at night. A lot of the time, for the smaller clients that we had, it was paying the mortgage. It was having the family holiday. It was, you know, one of my... One one of our guys, um, clients at the time, I won't mention his name, but all he ever wanted was was a Porsche, and that was his dream from it when he when he was younger. Um, and we did we did some things. We sat down. We found out that what he was. We looked at it, the way he could be, be be smarter with his pension, um, what he was doing, and we gave him the ability to go out there and, and, and buy that Porsche. And to see the look on his face when he came back, he tweeted it. He sent it back through to us. That's the impact we're having is changing people's lives. And for say for some people, it can seem mundane. But it all starts with that conversation and just taking five minutes to, to enable that. Where are you now? Where do you want to be? And how can we help you on that journey? That's that's the most impactful thing we can do. And the, the report is just an element of that. But I think it's it's broader. It's how do you, as bookkeepers, embed yourself within that process consistently so it's not just a one-off piece of work and they're consistently coming back to you? That's a good question, Darren. Because uh, yeah. I, I like, I love goal setting. Like, it's the yeah. thing that gets me really excited, and I love that this guy was able to get his Porsche. And I, I completely agree with you. It's like the amount of small business owners who I've spoken to have been like, I don't even know how much money there is for me to take out of my business. Yeah. That it, it's that kind of like we've got to start there, and then we'll work towards the thing that you really, you know, your Porsche or whatever it is you yeah. want to have. How I do, do I, you? I, I see confidence enablers that's the key thing is is giving people the confidence to take those steps and um and fulfill that dream what's the point of them having that business what was the purpose of them setting up that business what's their exit strategy it may be to sell it it may be to to have a lifestyle business around it how do we help them maintain that so how do you do this then how do you embed yourself in those conversations in the business so that you can help people on their journey I, th I think it comes down to for me to three things: platform, product, um, uh, platform, people, and process. Those those are the key things. We we certainly believe that we have a, an awesome platform, but but when you start to look at it, you've got to then look at the people who's who's able to have these conversations, who's confident to have those those conversations. And it's not easy for everybody because um, some people are frightened of. Um, of making a mistake or, or, or not being able to get onto that. And I think it's it's just about being human. One of the best things we've ever done as a, as a business when we were in practice was start to give people some training and understanding of how to ask open questions that we can really start to. And I think the soft skills are one element of that. So that's one attribute, I think. The second thing is look at your client base. I, I see far too many people trying just a scattergun approach with this. You know, we've got 20, 50 clients. We're going to get everyone on a report. We're going to fire it out. And we, those that are interested are going to come back. It doesn't work. Pareto principle, 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your clients. Why would you not want to offer them a higher tier of service to the 20% of clients that you've got? A, it does two things. One is it saves that you're thinking about them in a different way. I think second thing is, is that, 
um, it's good to protect those clients because if you're not offering those services, somebody else will and people will be tempted away. So I think segment your clients very well. Don't look at this as a scattergun approach, but systemize it. There are going to be clients exactly, Joe, as you said, that want that one pager, that one sheet report. Use the tools well and automate that. Once you define what it is they want, automate it. There's no point in you sitting down there pulling in all these different numbers just to put on a one sheet and taking three hours. If you can automate it through the data extraction from zero and maybe some KPIs, that's essentially what they're looking for. I think we have a duty of care as well to educate our customers on what it is they need and things like KPIs. Um, and the analogy I would use here is, you know, me being slightly portly and, and looking to lose a bit of weight. Um, if I'm going on a weight loss journey, I can make a decision to start now and not jump on the scales until the end of the year. If I say I want to lose three stone by the end of the year, if I jump on now, weigh myself, but then not weigh myself until the end of the year, I'm either going to be really happy or I'm really going to be extremely cheesed off because I'm either going to hit that or not. And I think that's what so many business owners do is they go through the year expecting a result and then they get so disappointed that they didn't get it. Whereas what we can do is we know that if I manage my calorie intake, I manage my exercise and I'm monitoring that on a regular basis as a KPI, I don't have to worry about the end goal because the, the pointers are showing me I'm course correcting as I'm going through the year. So the, the beauty of management reports and KPIs and goal set enables me to do that really well. So I'm not overwhelming my client by giving them a 12 page report either. I can give them a one simple KPI report at the end of every month. So here you are job done so i think simplify it work on the, the the core skill sets that people use um and if you don't have those skills train get someone in to come and teach you how to ask questions and start to ask open questions and and leverage that um and i think there's so much that people can be doing right now um i think that's probably the third question to be honest is one of the the, the tools that one of the, the advisory services that people can be doing right now we live in a, a very volatile environment at the moment with the cost of living going through the roof. We've got energy prices going astronomical. We've just come out at the end of all government um, back lending and, and support. So many business owners now are looking at the barrel of what if my staff come to me and say expecting a 10% pay increase? How are, we, are people modeling that for their clients? Because they, they should be. And showing them the impact that that 10% increase on salaries is going to have over the year. And when is the best time to introduce that? So I think your listeners can really do their clients a service immediately by starting to look at that if they haven't already considered it. I think the second thing is what, what happens when the, the price cap again goes up on energy in October? How are we modeling that? So real world examples there of how we can really embed that. Um, I think so many of us get caught up in the day-to-day -day compliance as well. And we as a practice, when we were there, one of the key things we did was offer credit control as an advisory service. We would manage that whole process. And in some cases, we were charging £110 a month for it just by using tools like Chaser and others, but managing that process on behalf of customers. And again, using the data that's coming out of their systems into our reporting tools that would then say, what would the goal be or what would the goal seek show us if we could reduce the debtor days by two to five the, the net cash flow effect that would have 
and would that not be worth 110 pounds a month the answer is a no-brainer i mean if i said to you joe and zoe i can save you ten thousand pounds a year but it'll cost you a thousand you would see that as great value for money mm-hmm. oh yeah it's about it's about leverage isn't it and i'm, I'm absolutely just I'm looking at the comments coming through and I think there's there's possibly for people who aren't providing some kind of advisory service there's possibly a sense of overwhelm of like yes. where to start because yeah. I think we're all doing more than we think we are in terms of advisory anyway and we we are seeing these opportunities <coughs> they need support with credit control or whatever it is that's going to help them in their business and we don't see it as something that we can kind of package up in that way if if that's if that's the right way to describe yeah. it where if you're a bookkeeper and you don't know, like you don't know what you should be doing or what you could be doing, where would yeah. you suggest people start if they've never offered anything that looks like an advisory service before? I would start really simple, and that is just provide a report to a customer showing the financial performance. This is what um, you 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 achieved last month compared to the month previous, the quarter previous, or the year previous. It's giving people an insight. One of the ways that we often used to talk about this was, can you think about that time when you went on holiday? Have you ever kind of got to the check-in desk and they've given you a free upgrade? That feeling that you had when you was you was shown go left instead of right, go to the, the, the top end, get the champagne, the Prosecco and all that kind of stuff. How did that make you feel? And I think why not do that with some of your clients? Just say, look, for this month, this quarter, I'm just going to upgrade you to this level of service. No charge, but I'm just going to do this. I want to get your input and work with you in a slightly different way. That way you can do it on a, a smaller client number, three to five, and then just work through that process every month. Give them a report, but don't just, my, my, my word of caution there is don't just produce the report and send it to people. You have to give them a bit of insight to that. What are the context around things happening? Why was the profit this month's 10% higher than it was last month or the last period. Just use the gray cells a bit and just give a little bit of commentary. Um, but ask some questions. And this is where the soft skills come in. What would the impact be if we could increase profit by 5%? Now you're getting the client thinking. Now you're starting to engage them in the conversation. The other quick thing you can do is look at KPIs. For certain clients, you stick a PL on the balance sheet and the management report in front of them, their eyes will glaze over, they will faint, they get all hot and sweaty. Try chunking that down to two or three, if not maximum, numbers of KPIs they have to hit a month. What is it, whether that's revenue, whether it's um, profit or what have you. But chunk that down into something you can monitor for them very, very quickly. And yeah. that will educate them. I'm, I'm passionate. I believe every business at the start of the year should have a budget. I'm passionate about every customer at the beginning of the year should have a forecast. We need to educate customers between the difference between a forecast and a budget. Because mm-hmm. the, when I've seen so many businesses go, oh, well, we planned for that, but I've got no cash in the bank. Well, that's because you haven't taken into consideration your payment terms. So we can educate clients around that. But then start to uncover what is it that, that they want to achieve? What is it they want to plan for? What's, mm-hmm. What big things are going to happen? You're then layering in two or three different levels of service very easily to a smaller number of clients. Get some success under your belt. Build your confidence. There's no, as I say, there's no point in trying to do this for you know, 30, 50 of your clients and, and, and being mediocre at it. Do it exceptionally mm-hmm. well. The other thing is when you present this information, if you're printing it, don't print it on 
80 GSM paper. Put some thicker paper into the machine that feels different. You want that tactile touch that when you present a report to somebody, they touch it, they go, wow, this is, this is value. And that's the kind of things that you can, you can start very easily. But start with reports. Get your customers into a, 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 an, a, a, an ability to understand that they're going to get a budget and they're going to get a forecast. There are always going to be those things that come left field. A client's going to come to you tomorrow and say, Joe, Zoe, I, I, need, a, I need a cash flow. I've got an overdraft at the bank. Great. That's where we can start to think about, well, what's the impact of you not getting this? Mm-hmm. Now we can start to think about how we price those services because they can be subtly different. But that's where I would start. Absolutely. I, I, I find this so fascinating. What I've really enjoyed about, so KPIs are key performance indicators, indicators for anyone yeah. that's not, you know, not up with the terminology. And at first, I think those kind of things kind of scare us like, oh, like if I'm putting that in, what's that mean? And what I've realized is that by having the conversations with the clients, we realize and we talk about, and many of my clients are also getting, and maybe they're they've got a business coach elsewhere or they're part of a Facebook group and they're learning something and I listen to them, what's important to them. So, and I say, okay, well, what are you focusing on right now? It doesn't have to be about, you know, actual the financial, but what are you doing in your business? And they might say something, well, you know, um, we've got some competition locally. So we're going to make this, um, I don't know, Instagram campaign. And and I'm like, right, well, would you like us to note down your Instagram numbers, you know, your followers on um, that could be a KPI that we record every single month and you can see how many more people you've grown by because yeah. what it doesn't have to be all about what's in the PL and what's in the balance sheet. It can it be anything. And what we've what's been really good and where we've really helped people is when they've had targets around say what they want their staff to achieve. So in the salons that I work with, usually you know there's usually a target to make that your staff members either earn three to four times whatever their gross salary is in sales. And usually the salon software that they've got states all of this stuff, but they never have the time to actually sit and look at it. So what we do is we say, can we have access to your salon software? We go and pick the KPIs that are on a beautiful dashboard in there and just pick it up and put it in Fathom along with all their financial information. And then they've got this one page that kind of, but what's great is it compares to the last month, compares to the last year, and it's and that's when it becomes like oh wow we've grown and you're pointing out these things and it's just all these little percentage incre- improvements that we are helping to make the business better. Absolutely, and and yeah, I can't agree with 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 what you said more. It's we've seen so many, and there are you know when you look when you start to chunk it down at an industry level, there are so many benchmarks that you can apply per industry whether that's you're working in the the restaurant industry where you can look at number of covers, number of returning customers, loyalty programs, and so on and so forth through the salon industry as well. Um, that's that's really interesting. And again, we you know we, let's not forget, we can start bringing in things like socials. What's the reach? What's the engagement? How is that improving? We, there's so much we can do here. Um, non-financial data is probably the second biggest area that we see being used. It's not the P&L. It's the operational stuff day to day. You know, what we can do is we can have, you know, a sales director having sales KPIs and a a project director and operations director having a different set of KPIs all within the same platform, but you're just presenting that information slightly differently. Um, But it is about what's important to them. So you can start really small. We have people who just measure one KPI, that North Star one KPI to start with, and then they build on that. 
if you're really measuring five or six, you're starting to get into the area of the complex. And I think then you, you start to potentially get overwhelmed. So my, my only recommendation would be, again, start really simple and build from there. Start to get the confidence with your client, get the confidence in yourself, um, and then build up from that. So talking about things like benchmarking, um, yeah. which Fathom does, can you explain what Fathom does and what benchmarking is? Um, so, so benchmarking is is a really is a, I, I love talking about benchmarking. Um, I think it, it, isn't there just an like an intrinsic desire in all of us to know how we compare with other people? That's fundamentally what it is. We all want to know how. Okay, I'm. I'm I think I'm good. I'm. I'm okay. But how am I doing next? We even do it person. in our within our community, like with our <clears throat> with our bookkeepers. We we one of the things we do within our success program is every month we catch up and we have a finances meeting because it's really important for Joe and I that people hit their financial goals. So we're yeah. like, what do you need to earn? Let's talk about that. Let's and and we don't ask anyone to share any specifics, but we do ask them to share certain percentages, and we want to know what their average client is paying them. And just by being able to share that information you get this you're surrounded by people who are doing similar things and i know this is great like in joe's space because she has a, an industry niche she can do yeah. these kind of comparisons too but just to see what other people who are doing something similar to you are doing you it gets you asking those questions that you wouldn't even think well, why are they doing it like that maybe i what can i learn from them it's another ball game isn't it that is you you've just summed up everything why benchmarking is awesome um is that it's because what does good look like and what can i learn from that and how can i become good and you know to use a phrase how can we turn good to great and how do we move up um there are so many different areas of the financial that you can look at um, and what benchmarking allows you to do is create the benchmarks that you want, but even then you can rank where you perform on those things. So you can, if you're an industry niche like Joe, um, you can benchmark your salons against each other in terms of performance. Uh, numbers could be numbers by staff size, by turnover, by profitability, several different factors. Um, what you can also do is you could be more general with it. You can actually benchmark your own practice clients against each other. Now, that's a different way of doing it. Okay, they may not be in the same industry, but you, you can benchmark them against each other in terms of profitability because we can all learn something from everybody. We don't have to just be in the same industry. So we see people doing it on a niche, but also across their, their practice clients as well. And you, you, you link them in the system, and the system can either churn out the names of those people for you for internal staff, for example, so we can see who we're identifying, but it also anonymizes that data. So when you're presenting it to a client, they just see their own point, but they don't see where everyone else sits, but they see where they sit in terms of the percentile. Are they in the top percentiles or not? And if, again, it, it, coming back to that, it's, a, it's not about shaming. It's literally about saying, okay, this is where you're at. How do we improve it? And I think that's that the people have focused too much on, on the negative side of benchmarking as opposed to the positive. Okay, this is where we are. There could be mitigating circumstances behind that. How do we move you into the a higher quartile or to the top quartile? And it's it's a really nice piece of um, it's a nice feature within Fathom to to see. But benchmarking oh. is is absolutely huge. And and you know what, like big businesses do it. I for a long time I worked in local government. I used to work for a local government pension fund, and we used to benchmark. Like we'd get a report from our advisors, and it it was all anonymized. But like we'd know what the average was. We'd yes. know where we were, and and it's just helpful to like ask 
to see your information and the trends, like how have things changed for me? How are things changing in the rest of the industry? Where do I sit? Is there someone that is a kind of shining star here and I can maybe learn something from that? It, it, yeah, I think it's amazing. Absolutely. Um, I think if you, especially if you're dealing with group companies as well, which some, some bookkeepers do, it's, it's bringing all of that, that reporting into one area for consolidation. Um, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're on zero QBO or, or, or another system, you bring that data and you have a common chart of accounts, you can present a, a pack to a group of companies and you could then effectively rank each of those against each other and to see which ones were performing better. There's nothing more powerful than that. And I think you're right, but I, I, this comes back to me for something that we did with zero when I was at zero a few years ago. You know, you said it there, Zoe. For a long time, this this functionality was only at the realm of the larger, bigger business, the big corporates. Now we're bringing and democratizing this data down to the smaller business so we can actually start to make decisions based on data. That, to me, is, is, is the crux of it all, that we're not blindly walking into something. We walk into this with our eyes open and we can build an accountability plan for it. And I think that's the other benefit that it has through working through advisors and bookkeepers like yourselves that you can build that accountability plan around that for them oh i love that um would you charge for benchmarking as a separate service or as generally as part of your <clears> advisory <throat> offering um it's, it's a good question i think it's a, it's an interesting one i think when we look at the whole pricing gamut for for, for, for advisory services it's going to come down to a number of things i think you have to look at the market you have to understand your market well you have to also understand your competitors and know your customers very well. Um, I'm not a fan of coming down on one side of the fence or the other in terms of do we go for a cost plus or a value-based model. I think both have their benefits. Um, I think where you're starting to do reports um, and some of the, the simpler elements of management information, you can pull in um, if you're doing a light report. So let's say, for example, you were doing a three-tier service of advisory, if you're doing a bronze, silver, gold level of advisory. Um, you could certainly do a cost plus on the, the the bronze level. That's just time plus a markup that you could do um, for that. Where you start to get into forecasting, um, benchmarking, you're getting really into a, a big value area. So I think we need to look at the value proposition. What's the perceived value from the client of just doing that? Um, and the other thing, I, when we, do, we were doing a forecast, as I said, for, for someone once, um, they needed it the next day. I mean, there was literally zero turnaround. I'm sure you've never had that, Joe. You've never had someone say, I need a forecast this afternoon. Um, but when we dug into it, they needed it because they needed to extend the overdraft because they needed more equipment. And we said, okay, that's fine. We can do it. What's the impact of you not getting this? Well, the impact is, is we don't get a £50,000 bank overdraft. Okay, so if we do this for tomorrow, um, our fee would be 5%. Are you happy? Yeah, fine. We need it tomorrow. And that was the way the conversation went. So we priced it based on value. Whereas probably we'd charge, if we had that as an ongoing service, probably £300 a month. So I don't, there was an uplift on I that. think you might have blown some people's minds here, Darren, <laughs> uh, the idea of uh, charging a percentage. But we, you know, we've got to look at this in a different way. It's, it's, <clears> it's, about, it's, it's, a, it's about the impact and value that, 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 that was. And it comes back to the conversation. If I save you £10,000, and I charge you one, you see that as value for money. If I charge you 8,000, that tipping point is over the point. You're not going to see the value proposition from an 8,000 pound spend for 10,000. But I think customers 
aren't as necessarily cost prohibitive if we can articulate the value that we bring to the table. That's where the confidence comes into it. Yeah, absolutely. And and like you said, so like like you said, you don't have to start with all of your clients. You can start no. with a few. And also what I've noticed with our Fathom reports is that they have evolved over time. Definitely. So at the beginning, I mean, at the beginning, we we started off really that there was a bit of a missing items checklist at the beginning. We do mm. monthly, weekly, monthly bookkeeping and and we had we'd given them told them what was missing on Dext. We told them what was missing on WhatsApp. We told them what was missing on email. Right now we're going to put it in your report at the top. And before you, and and again, this is how important it is because if we're missing all of this stuff and, and we, what we do now is we, we put in brackets where we've placed it, where we've categorized it for now. Yeah. And if we can figure out roughly where it is, we will do it, but we're not claiming the VAT until you've given us the actual yeah. thing. And sometimes, and then sometimes it's like, right, we've got this huge list. It's all gone to general expenses. We don't know what it is. So, your report isn't as comprehensive as we'd like it to be because you haven't given us on that side of the bargain. So what I find is that it's kind of what I like about it is every month we're kind of coming together. It's written down. It's documented all of this is where we're at right now. This is where your business is at. This is where we're at with your relationship. Um, This is things that are going well. This is things that aren't going well. And, and for years in when I've run bookkeeping practices and, had clients in the past always felt like didn't really know where they were at didn't really know where you know they I wasn't able to tell them and now every month we tell them put this aside for your tax put this aside for your corp tax this is what you should have in savings this is what your VAT we're only one one month into your quarter of VAT but this is what you need to put aside we are like literally helping them run their business and holding them accountable to the financial thing and they can definitely I wanted it to be a tool which meant that someone could read it. If they do everything that they're meant to in there, then they can go to bed and sleep at night and not worry a, a thing about yeah. anything. And it it really does do that. But don't be scared about thinking right now about forecasts and budgets and cash flow forecasting and all that stuff. Even if you use start it off as the like a summary of this is where we're at and here's the missing items. Here's your profit and loss as best as I can because you've not given me everything. And you know, here's here's this and um yeah, and just, just start off and then build and then think, oh, do you know, it'd be really good if I had that extra section. We'll add that next month. That's absolutely fine. Um, and our clients have really grown, and actually I think they really they like it because I think it would have blown their minds on day one if they'd have got the whole big report. Absolutely. Day one, Joe. I've I've seen so many people. And I think in fairness, I think we've got a as vendors, we have to take some responsibility for this because I think you know, for a, for a while, vendors were saying, "Get all get all of your clients onto the system." It, it doesn't work. Um, a, there are so many other things that you guys need to do. We need to, we've got to onboard clients, and this is one of the things I loved about working in practice was because coming out of the industry from from a, a software vendor going and working in practice, you really got a, a feel for this, and, and and you know, we all love our client onboarding to be super slick, but sometimes it takes time. We're waiting for information. We've got to do the AML, blah, blah, blah. Um, so vendors have got to kind of step back, I think, and say, look, let's not, it shouldn't be about pushing people to put all of their clients on. One is it doesn't make it sticky. Um, it ends ends up not working and you end up looking silly in front of a client. Um, you end up changing, you know, churning from us as a customer and that's not what we want we want to support you through this whole process so i'd rather work with people who say look i've got one or two clients i want to bring onto the platform and build from there great i can help you 
let's incremental gains move you up once you start to build confidence and we've got a, an amazing team that help people do that because most of us are actually practice so i'd rather you do that and build up slowly and you're so right it should be a continual feedback loop between you and the client is there anything else you would like to see in the report that would be useful and you add it in and you're building that report as as they want it and you're making yourself so invaluable to them just yeah, by doing that we speak another language, don't we, a lot yes. of the time. And I think just to be able to like very slowly build people's knowledge with it gives them more confidence. Um I'm not not saying I'm not trying to sound patronizing or anything, but it is like a, it's another skill set. We don't learn Absolutely. it at school. In any other way, you'd be you'd be considered a financial controller or a quasi-financial director. Mm. But we just don't class ourselves as that. That's how ingrained in the business you are. And what you're doing but we just we, we don't see ourselves as that we just a lot of people sadly i think just kind of go oh i'm a bookkeeper mm. step up there's, there's so much more that you guys do and are embedded and are able to do for your customers um and i remember years ago kind of say what what does a modern bookkeeper look like if you were going to pedestal someone what what is a modern digital bookkeeper look like let's break the norms and the everything else from previous I've seen people start charging 10 pounds an hour when, when I first started working with zero. And it's like, well, move the price point up, get away from the hourly charge. You're doing so much more than that. And I think advisory, sadly, there's some accountants who call themselves advisors who aren't doing this well. And I think there's an opportunity for bookkeepers to really step into that and start doing this exceptionally well, because you're just, you're just better placed. Absolutely. And we, we are because we're so close to the numbers and we we and we have those relationships and those soft skills that maybe we Absolutely. didn't realise that that's, we were bringing that, um, those skills to the table initially. I think we, we didn't realise that they were valuable, but actually that hand-holding, holding people accountable, um, all of those things are really valuable, much more than any hourly rate. So, I mean, um, I think people are interested to learn more about Fathom, but is, you know, could you talk us through like, what would, if, what would a new client coming to Fathom find? You know, is there, is there, uh, can they trial it out? Is there any um, courses? Do they get, get some handholding? And uh, how it looks? All of, all of the above. Yeah. It's, so people can visit the website. They can sign up for a 14 day trial. Um, once you do that, you'll be uh, spoken to very, very swiftly up behind that by one of our business development specialists. Um, young harry uh who works with accountants and bookkeepers he will literally hold your hand through that initial stage now he will guide you through an initial overview demo of the software how you can get the most of your trial that lasts for 14 days um once you sign up for the trial you can you can if you so wish um become fathom certified so in the app itself you can click on the, the question mark icon uh and you can you can become fathom certified it takes about six hours uh it's a self-paced course um there is a lot in there um, to uncouple when you start going into forecasting, as you say, rank benchmarking and a few other things. Um, but you can do it at your own pace and it does also qualify you for CPD as well. So you can use that if you pass that certification, uh, you get a lovely little badge that you can use on your email signatures and your social profiles. Um, but we're really here. Now, once you've gone through that and you start hopefully getting your clients on board, um, we've got some account, amazing account managers who come from practice you know jamie as well jamie's x zero he, he was your account manager at zero joe you know when you've got somebody like jamie looking after you he does a really good job of bringing all of that skill what's worked well with other firms how they've marketed it how they've deployed it we really want to help you um, d deliver and develop those services so there's a whole heap of resources for you um support is available online so you can drop us an email there's uh, in support in the app as well 
uh, typically we respond, uh, we have some interesting targets. So typically we, we have a target of 15 minutes to respond to support tickets. So it's very, very quick. And our, our uh, customer satisfaction score is around 97%. Um, so there's there's a whole heap of, of, of help and support there for you. But visit the website, fathomhq.com, and there's there's more information there. Amazing. Oh, Darren, thank you so much for joining us today. We've oh, you're welcome. Of, it's been amazing. Oh, lots of chat in the background. Everyone's been saying that Joe's their idol. Joe, I, saw, I saw that, absolutely. And, and obviously, uh, you know, being nominated as a woman in accounting for 2021, it helps as well, which is awesome. So congratulations <laughs> and awesome yeah, on that. Congratulations, Yeah, Joe. no, I appreciate it. It's, it's been great to talk to you. And if anyone has any questions, please connect with me on LinkedIn as well. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Oh, Darren, thank you. That was amazing. Um, thanks everyone who's joined us and asked your questions as well as we've gone along. It's been great to see lots of you here. We're really excited to be back after a bit of a break for Easter. Um, and we'll be back next week for another episode of the podcast. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye. Don't forget to join us every week on the Bookkeepers Podcast with Topical Bookkeeping Chat. Why not join our free Facebook group, the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club? Or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com.